It's just plain wrong that getting a good night's sleep is so hard. You know, sleep doesn't have to be this hard. There is a faster way to get better sleep. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and your questions answered. I'm Dr. Bond, and I'm a licensed psychologist. And I'm Dr. Satuni, and I'm a board-certified sleep and pulmonary physician. And we're here to talk to you about sleep advice without a pill. This Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes. This podcast is not intended as professional or legal advice. Podcasts are not treatment. Sleep disorders and mental health conditions need to be individualized with the healthcare provider. Sleep Takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations. So help your friends sleep better. Share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Hey guys, it's uh, Dr. Michelle Zatuni and I am alone today. I'm just going to record a little bit of podcast so we can keep things on schedule. So Dr. Dan is uh, enjoying himself, having some fun, which is really, really important for obviously just everybody's good health and wellness. And I'm going to be having fun next week. I leave uh, town for a few days So um, anyway, you just got me today. Um, One of the things that I wanted to review, I believe that we've reviewed some of these products before, but it's something called Natural Vitality Calm, C-A-L-M. It comes in three different varieties that are pretty readily easy to find. Uh, One of them is called Calm Sleep, and that's the one that I'm going to be reviewing uh, for the product today. Uh, There's also Calm Uh, muscles. And then there's one that's just called calm. So it is basically a magnesium supplement and the magnesium supplement has no sugar. It has the uh, organic stevia in it. It has no fructose, artificial colors. It's vegan. It's gluten-free. And each serving, which is two teaspoons of this drink mix, has 325 milligrams of magnesium. And why that's important is magnesium is not something that everybody is able to take, um, but it's really not a very high dose of magnesium. So this is what would be found in a like a pretty traditional multivitamin. And the um, the the thing with magnesium is is a cellular level of calming kind of the central nervous system and muscles down. So it's. It's one of these things that if it's going to work for you, it works. If it is not going to work for you, then um, you would know pretty quickly. The difference between the regular calm, calm muscles and calm sleep, calm muscles has twice the amount of magnesium in it. And calm sleep has a couple different products in it. Uh, the, the, The major one is it has five milligrams of melatonin. It has 50 milligrams of something called L-theanine, which is an amino acid, and then 100 milligrams of something called GABA or gamma aminobutyric acid. Now, GABA is not the GABA of like the receptors that are found in your brain, but GABA is known to be kind of like a natural calming sort of agent. Uh, Oftentimes it's inactivated by the juices that are in your stomach, like the acid type of juices. But uh, for the people that it's going to work on, none of these things are addicting or habit forming. This is not the same as GABA, gabapentin, which is an alpha-2 delta ligand and it's a prescription. Um, This is actually like the substance uh, that your brain in a a Petri dish would get absorbed to calm down uh, the central nervous system. 
So again, no fructose, no sugar, no artificial stuff that's in it. It does have citric acid. It has a nice little flavor. It is a little bit on the sweet side, um, but you can dilute it. Remember, it's a drink mix powder, so you can put in whatever you want. It tells you um, that it, you, you should put it in like four to six ounces. And again, at night, you wouldn't want to have a lot of liquid. So I think the lower amount of, um, of fluid that you can put in there, the better. If you don't like drink mix, uh, Natural Vitality also makes it in a capsule. It can makes it in a gummy. Uh, no patches or anything that are avail- available with this Natural Vitality. I find the flavor actually pretty nice. I like the flavor of the calm muscles better than I like the sleep or the uh, the regular plain one. But this past um, month or so, I decided I was going to, you know, use the entire thing on a pretty regular basis. Again, with melatonin, you want to take it around when the sun would go down. So in the wintertime, you would be taking it quite a bit earlier than when you want to go to bed. And in the summertime, it probably is within two, three hours of when most people are going to be falling asleep. I think the product itself is very nice. I think it has a lot, not a lot of you know negative additives that are to it. Melatonin gives me the wackiest dreams. Not good dreams or bad dreams, not nightmares. But in some people, you have to worry about um, how vivid uh, the dreaming is. And particularly if you've had a nightmare disorder and when your dreams happen, they are not good dreams. You just want to be alerted to the fact that this is melatonin. And many people that do take supplements for sleep might actually be taking an additional melatonin. So I would not necessarily recommend that you go pretty high on the dose on um, the melatonins. Most people will, if they're going to have benefit, have a benefit somewhere between 3 and 10 milligrams. And higher doses just lead to some, you know, daytime sleepiness or, you know, some sort of hangover. And you don't want a hangover. The whole idea is that you have a good amount of quality sleep and that you feel better in the day. And I've said it before, I would rather people get quality sleep and not as much rather than a lot of hours of poor quality sleep. So uh, that's a product. It's Natural Vitality. I'll put it in the notes for the show. Uh, And this one is particularly the Natural Vitality Sleep Drink Mix. And again, if you don't like the drink mix, there's gummy, there's a capsule, they have not sponsored us, but um, I actually wouldn't mind if this company uh, did end up sponsoring us because I think they they do make a really nice quality product that if it works for you, it's a really safe thing to do to continue. Okay, with that being said, um, it's always really not pleasant to, you know, to be on my own and not see uh, Dr. Dan, uh, but I know that we will be recording again soon together and it always makes it that much better. One of the things that I wanted to talk about today, and it's ironic that we might, you know, have just me talking about it, is what happens when the person that you are going to be, um, you know, dealing with some of your sleep issues and lives in your house and maybe sleeps in your bed, what if that person is really the cause for disruption and you almost, you know, feel like you sleep better when you don't have another person to contend with? So... This is something that I wanted to get his opinion on because a lot of the things that we'll talk about end up being a little bit behavioral, but it's really important to know that the person that sleeps in your bed or is sleeping um, in your house may be the problem when you are having sleep difficulties. So let me give you a good example. 
So let's say you have a spouse and the spouse is a night person. And so that person ends up wanting to either watch TV or go to bed later or, um, you know, have activities, maybe a card game or something at night. And all of a sudden uh, you're really winding down and ready to go to bed. And this person is nowhere near ready to go to sleep. So you end up either staying up later than you would, um, maybe having like food at night or maybe doing something a little bit more um, like a wake up promoting activity. Uh, maybe it's, again, the card game or um, exercising, going to the gym, any of these things. So you're ready to go to sleep and now you have changed your natural type of habits and kind of, I guess, derailed your improving your sleep habits because you're trying to accommodate for someone else's sleep issues. So what ends up happening is you go to bed later, preset, your body may be getting up earlier in general, um, even if you go to bed later, and then now you have been experiencing sleep deprivation. On the flip side is, let's say you don't end up doing that activity with the other person, and then the person is now harboring some resentment or some guilt and wondering why you don't want to do the activities that that person does. So these are important things to think about is because just like if it was an exercise goal or a nutrition goal, you don't have to be on the same page as your housemate or your bed partner or your spouse in order for you to improve your sleep. So I'm going to give you a couple quick ideas or some tips to work on. The first, and this is just probably goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, is you need to make sure that you speak up. And if you are trying to work on some sleep habits, you need to at least identify what those habits are so that you can explain them to the other person. So it may go a little bit like this. You know, I'm really having trouble getting my brain to turn off to go to sleep at night. And I would really like to work on um, like a wind down routine a couple hours before I go to bed where I don't get any new information and I'm not going to, um, you know, be watching television or being up. And uh, my, my choice is going to be to read a book in uh, another area of the house and that's going to be how I wind down. I really don't want to rehash my day. I don't want to be watching television. Um, and you just put that out there. And if you get back from that other person, oh, well, you know, I'm glad that you told me so I won't feel that you just don't want to hang out. I'm glad that uh, you really want to help improve yourself in terms of your sleep habits. And it's it's important to be um, on that same page with the other person. If the person does not meet those those goals with you, if they say, oh, well, I'm sorry, this is uh, my only time that I get to relax and this is the time that I want to watch television, then what you're going to have to do is, is say, okay, I really appreciate that, um, but I'm just going to let you know maybe let's do this as a, as a trial. And uh, you don't have to not turn on the TV yourself don't expect that other person to want to have those habits or behaviors. I mean, they biologically are not you. And they also may be at a different spot in terms of what they want to improve with their health and their wellness. So that might now require you to um, have an eye mask or headphones or a um, you know earplugs so that you're able to 
um, do that kind of non-stimulating activity and not be disrupted by the other person's um, noise from the television or something that they're doing. So the other, the other part of improving sleep is we've talked about a quiet and cool room. We've also talked a lot about um, making sure that there's not extra things in the bedroom. If the behaviors that are going on um, really are, you're finding it's disruptive to you, then you really want to address what those are. So something that's come up a lot in the office is let's say you have um, a bed partner who is now uh, snoring or that you have concerns that there might even be something more significant like apnea. So one of the things that you need to be careful with is making sure that that person's aware of it and also making sure that the person is receptive to the information. So what ends up happening is let's just say, you know, Jamie is, is snoring and that's really bothering my sleep. And I'm just using some random names, but Jamie's snoring is disrupting your sleep, maybe because you're awake and you're aware of it, or maybe it's now you weren't sleeping well and needed to put some sort of blame. So when you kind of try and identify what things might have been keeping you up, you say, well, it took me a really long time to fall asleep. And then once I was asleep, I was not able to fall back asleep because of Jamie's snoring. So you can mention this to Jamie and you could say, well, you've been snoring more and I noticed that you're snoring more when you're on your back. Let's try maybe you not staying on your back at night. And Jamie may or may not take to this um, significantly well. If that person does say, oh, you know, I've noticed that kind of too. I wake up more with a dry mouth. Then you can say, well, do you want me to notice any other things that help? That usually doesn't come into a conversation that works real well. So a lot of times people already know what's making it worse. So maybe it's alcohol, maybe it is sleeping on their back, uh, maybe it's eating too late at night. Uh, But these are often causes of more significant breathing disturbances at night. So there could be a lot of reasons. But if that person is not wanting to make behavioral changes, then you have a couple choices. So one, again, is to protect your own environment. So if it is, you know, snoring or frequent moving and stuff at night uh, due to probably some upper air resistance or apnea, you can just say, you know, I've been really, really tired because these are things happening during the night. And so I'm going to sleep in the other room, you know, to be getting part of the work week or I'm going to, you know, we're going to sleep in the other room. But often what ends up happening is that person doesn't say anything and they just go to the other room. And then Jamie finds that the bed partner is now not in bed. And that really does play a role in my practice. People will say, you know what? I feel really bad that my wife leaves the room when um, I must be doing something at night and I just find that she's been sleeping on the couch at night. So just bring it up, in a, especially in an adult situation. You really want to say, hey, I've recognized that something might be going on and um, I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself. And that really is being true to self-care for you. Um, and it's also maybe bringing an awareness to a problem that the other person may be unaware of and now that they can get help for it. 
So snoring is um, a really big one. It makes it makes breathing difficulties at night turn into a medical problem and also a disturbance for the bed partner. So what I've noticed, you know, is just that there could be any number of things. Um, the other one that comes up a lot is temperature. So someone likes really cold bedroom versus the other person does not like a cold bedroom. It doesn't have to be, you know, hot and cold. There's a big, big differentiation. But a lot of times, uh, again, adults are sneaking around at night and adjusting the thermostat because the other person says, oh, I need a cold room or I can't sleep. And particularly in a relationship where one person may have more medical problems or more needs, and then the other person is stuck uh, not sleeping well or not doing well because they don't want to impair the um, the person that they care about. Most people would like to probably stay in the same room as their significant other, and other times that is really just not an appropriate thing. Um, if there's an identifiable cause, so let's say a noisy CPAP machine, for example, that is something to address because they quiet, they, you know, the, they're very quiet now compared to how they used to be. And if somebody can tolerate a, um, a low fan or white noise or an air conditioner being on in the room, they should be able to tolerate the CPAP machine. If they're not, there are other treatments for apnea, but a noisy machine or a noisy mask or a mask that blows air on another person really is something that needs to be addressed with a sleep specialist or the home care providing the CPAP supplies because that really shouldn't be the case. And without getting a lot of education on all the other options, particularly on different mask options or where the airflow ports are located, it could be a point of contention that doesn't really have to exist when the person thinks, well, I have to treat my sleep apnea and it has to be this noisy. So just something to think about on the apnea side. So switching gears a little bit is recognizing how important it is to have open communication, particularly with a bedtime routine. And I will oftentimes in the office see a a person that's in a relationship and both people in that relationship agree that something is not well. uh, And usually it's coming to the office out of a loving care about the other person and willingness to make some adaptations to their general life in order to help improve the, uh, the person that is perceived to have more of the problem. So it's, in, it's important to recognize and not just see in generalities um, that sleep problems can be really scary for people to talk to because they oftentimes are coming from years and years of habit and routine. And they may be coming at it from a things were worse standpoint and now they're well they're at least not as bad as they used to be so I'm going to give kind of a concrete example of um, you know a fictional situation that's that's come up in uh, patients of mine that is based on some reality and for those of you that actually may be patients of mine and say oh she's talking about me I'm going to say it's 
a kind of a mixture of a couple different patient interactions, uh, but these come up all the time. So I'm not talking about any one of you. It's meant to protect the innocent. So let's just talk about um, Amy and Bob. Amy and Bob, those are not their real names, but Amy and Bob um, have been married for 10 years. Um, Amy had noticed that even when they were dating, that Bob had a lot of snoring. And it was about a year or so after they started living together that they um, they realized that Bob had more of a problem than just the issue with snoring was that there would be gasping and choking. Um, Bob then uh, was having problems with other medical problems and blood pressure and waking up really tired and having some um, some issues with uh, alertness and stuff during the day, but also just kind of anger management. And then every time the Amy would talk to him about it, he would get upset and defensive. Okay, so this might sound familiar. So Amy and Bob come to the office. Um, Bob needs a sleep study. Bob gets diagnosed with sleep apnea. Bob uses CPAP and is doing great on CPAP. The issue now is that Bob comes to his appointments on his own. Um, he's using his CPAP. He feels actually really quite well. Most of his medical things have gotten better. Um, but then he says, well, you know, Amy still complains about my sleep. And the issue at this point um, is that Bob has recognized that Amy is now snoring and Amy is now waking him up. Now, um, he has addressed this with Amy and Amy does not want to recognize that she has a problem. She says that, you know, she's getting older and her sleep is poor for other reasons, um, but that she couldn't possibly have sleep apnea and she could never wear a CPAP machine to bed um, and now this has become a point of contention. So uh, Bob is my only patient um, and Amy is not a patient and no longer comes to the appointments since she has perceived her problem getting better. Amy complains of being tired. She tells this only to Bob. She doesn't really talk to it to about it to her regular doctors. And now we have um, Bob getting very frustrated. Bob not sleeping well because of Amy not sleeping well. Um, and Amy not wanting to address some of her issues. All right. So this might sound like a pretty familiar situation if, uh, if people are in this, is that if you, don't, if you have someone at home that doesn't want to change, they probably will not change. And the more that the spouse pushes that, that button and those issues and brings it to their attention in someone who doesn't want to change, it becomes an argument. And so the important thing that I emphasize to Bob in this situation is you need to take care of yourself and wait for her to um, either want to address it or feel the need to address it. So it kind of comes up on, um, on the standpoint is if she does not perceive that she'll have a problem and she doesn't trust what she perceives from Bob coming from Bob that it's, it's really an issue – uh, she may need some more information. So here's some suggestions. They may or may not work for people. I'd love to hear if uh, this has ever happened to you. But uh, one of the things is there's devices uh, like, you know, Apple type of products and Snore type of apps that can record your oxygen, your heart rate, and noise. And so it may be helpful to just say, you know what, I have this app. I want to record myself and, hey, do you want to try it? It's kind of really interesting information. The other thing is um, 
not necessarily addressing it with friends, but if it's come up where they you have mutual mutual friends, if they are you know staying with a fa- another family member or a friend that brings it up to them, then oftentimes it is a little bit better perceived and taken care of. So basically using something outside of you and your your relationship and your perception, so technology or another person, to help allow Amy to come to the conclusion that she may have some problem. Uh, number two thing is still saying, coming at it from a, a place of uh, love and friendship and saying, you know what, I really notice that you haven't been sleeping well. Is there anything that I can do? Now, Amy has already received word, you know, from Bob that her, you know, his appointment went really well and it's not related to apnea. Um, but maybe there's things to to try, um, like on the side of something outside of Bob's behavior. Maybe it's a temperature thing or sheets or a different pillow. So these may be things that Amy now can start crossing off her list if she says, hey, I've not been sleeping well, but these are, these are things, and Bob's willing to help me out with some of them to maybe address some of those issues. Now, I oftentimes don't see that this is really too much of a problem at this point because they are starting to recognize that they may also have a problem, but they also don't necessarily want the same treatment. So some of these things that pop up are now going to start having Amy start thinking about things that she could do on her own or maybe a different sort of treatment. So in the case of Bob and Amy, what ended up happening is she went away on a girl's trip and one of the girlfriends said that she was felt very concerned for Amy because she noticed that she would hold her breath and stop breathing. This prompted when Amy came home to use the, um, the snoring app We've mentioned before on a review about the SnoreLab app, which is free for short-term use. And it's it's actually a really helpful and enlightening app that you can record all night, not have to listen to it, but it records the decibels of noise. So she was able to kind of listen to herself to this lapse of breathing when she was nowhere near a CPAP and she was, um, you know, in a room with a friend of hers. She did not blame it on the friend, but it, it kind of got her thinking about, you know what, I should maybe address this. Fast forward a little bit. I mean, this ends up being a very happy story. Amy gets diagnosed with sleep apnea, um, which is a very treatable condition, decides to meet with her um, dentist, who is very comfortable with making an oral appliance. Fortunately, Amy was using kind of a grinding type of appliance that was breaking, and so her apnea appliance was able to replace her snoring appliance, and not only did she feel better, but she was able to objectively look at data coming up in terms of her snoring and notice that it improved things. Now we have, you know, happy Bob, happy Amy, and um, that people are sleeping better. When it's not apnea and it's more just deep-seated habits and behaviors, it may take a little bit more sleuthing to figure out the best way to treat it. Um, but these things in, in, in an environment where people are trying to improve 
the lives and the quality of uh, the relationship with the other person. I think it's really, really helpful to get that information going. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I really miss Dan's input in some of this, and I hope that we can revisit it. If you have any questions or comments, please write to us at sleeptampabay at gmail.com. Please rate and review the podcast so we can get some more subscribers and some more uh, listening viewership. Uh, And do let us know if there's a topic that might be helpful for you. Okay, until next time. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Sleep Takeout. We hope that you found our discussion on sleep valuable. Help your friends to sleep better. You can share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app. Remember, Sleep Nation, sleep well. Dream big. And wake up refreshed. Bye. Bye.